Welcome to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Now join Rich Casanova, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. All right, we have uh, the who's who and what's new uh, actually in our studio today. We have some rock stars here joining us. I'm Rich Casanova, the co-host of the Georgia Podcast, sitting alongside a great friend of mine and a friend of I think everybody in Buckhead knows this dude, right? Michael Moore, welcome to the studio. Well, if not, I'm sure working on it. I got one or two more people to meet after the show today, <laughs> so maybe I'll get them all done by the day. Yeah. I can't think of a person that doesn't know Michael Moore if you've lived in Buckhead more than a week. All right, so um, so our first guest uh, joining us in our first segment is Solange Warner. She's the founder of the World Chamber of Commerce. But before we get to that conversation and a major event and maybe a scoop we might have, uh, we're, we're on the edge of our seat with a possible... Uh, announcement here today. But speaking of that, we have a press release to talk about. Before we do that, Gary uh, Pernice, you're the uh, Veterans Inn and Resource Center Director. What's your title over there? You're uh, Executive Manager? I'm Executive Manager, but also Community Relations. I am the liaison between the public and our program. And we met at, uh, Michael, you invited me to the Buckhead 50 Club. I did. Right? Gary's one of my uh, esteemed members, and I, I thought it'd be a great place for you to meet a couple more folks that might be caliber of the people we needed to have on our show. And of course, Gary came right to the top of the pile. And uh, did a presentation. We've had a f- few conversations. So before we get to Solange, Gary, in 17 seconds or less, what's your best pitch about what your new value uh, proposition initiative is? We were approached by Senator Johnny Isaacson to find a solution for the homeless and for the suicide rate in Georgia and around the country. Every 65 minutes, a veteran takes his life in America, and we're trying to find solutions to change that and reduce that number. And part of that solution is your property. And give us the name and the website. Well, the website is www.veteransinhotels.org. And uh, we have locations in near Six Flags over Georgia at uh, I-20. And we have another one down in LaGrange, Georgia. All right. So stay tuned. We'll do a more deeper dive into that conversation and uh, the good things uh, you and your folks are doing over there. Right now, our first guest joining us in the studio, Solange Warner, as we mentioned, the founder of the World Chamber of Commerce. So I'm looking at your bio. It's rather ex- expansive. So uh, talk to us about first the uh, Haitian relief effort project that you were involved in. Well, first of all, I would like to thank you, both of you, uh, Michael and Rick. Thank you so much for inviting me today. It is a pleasure to be here. I know you do wonderful work with this program, so I'm honored to be here today. Awesome. We'll insert the applause in a minute here, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, this is an effort that we did in 2010 uh, with the earthquake in in Haiti. So this is part of the work the World Chamber of Commerce is doing um, we do business cultural and humanitarian initiatives so this is one of the many humanitarian initiatives that we have done at the wcc now today we are concentrated in a different uh initiative and i'll be happy to to talk more about that as well yeah definitely before we get to that a little chronological order a little backstory about yourself so uh in addition to that 20 years experience international markets uh ceo for ashton international consulting firm 
Tell us about, and then you speak how many languages? <laughs> well, traveled fifty six uh, countries. Yes, fluently, um, I can speak Spanish, Portuguese, and English, and follow Portuguese. Hablo español <laughs> for those uh, there that they're listening, and then knowledge in uh, French, German, and Italian. I lived in Europe and Portugal for many years, and so in 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 Austria as well. So that's the background and different languages and. Um, in 56 countries, well, I am delighted to have been very blessed to, to be able to travel. My father was a professor at university in Vienna, so every time I went to visit him the summers, I, I travel extensively. And then I lived in Portugal, like I said, so that really helps. Undeniably. So we're going to get into a couple of other subject matters in a press release you just released today. And we're going to do a deep dive on this event. But before we do that, just give us the headline of about the event, how people find out about it, get tickets, and give us your best invitation to that event. And then we'll do more conversation about it. Okay. Well, this is a very special event for me and for the World Chamber of Commerce. We are very blessed to to have the opportunity to promote the work that um, some citizens are doing here in Georgia and the world and how to help victims of human trafficking. So this is our second uh, business and humanitarian summit. We did one in 2017, which was at the airport. Uh, It was in partnership with the Atlanta airport. We have guests at that time, Ambassador Andrew Young, uh, the manager of the airport at that time. So we... The purpose of the events are basically to create awareness about human trafficking. Uh, this is an issue that is devastating for our society as a whole. But here in Georgia, it's a very, very devastating uh, issue because we are sixth in the country for children, human trafficking victims. And how is this possible? We are a developed um, country. We, the state of Georgia is, is uh, one of the most prominent states uh, today in the country. How is it possible that we are allowing this to happen? It needs to stop. So we all, I believe that we all should work together in how to eradicate this crime. And again, we'll talk about, um, about all the people involved and so forth. But again, uh, people go to what website and yes, what's I'm the so date, sorry. the date and location? I, just, yeah. <laughs> I get a little passionate <laughs> yeah, when I, I have I to it. talk about this. Uh, awesome. uh, yes, uh, this humanitarian initiative. But yes, this event will be at Georgia State Capitol on okay. May 30th. And it will be at uh, 2 p.m. Registration starts at 1.30. Um, we will talk about the program and all the guests. Uh, and then this uh, event you may be able to uh, still, we have a few tickets available. It's almost sold out. You can go to worldchamberc.org. That's www.worldchamberc, like commerce.org. And if you look for event page there, you'll be able to find um, opportunity to purchase tickets there. Like I said, there are only a few tickets available for that event. But Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to just ask, as, as we get to the event, because it's a super event, I know you've got a good good, good program. Tell us a little bit about the preview of what we're going to see and what we're going to be involved with there and some of the speakers. Okay. Well, um, the World Chamber of Commerce normally has a, a section that we will recognize leaders of the communities that they have made a difference in in regards to the event and the subject of the event. This particular event, um, not only we will present awards to 
the people that they have made a difference in regards to human trafficking awareness, but we also will um, provide uh, information. We will educate the public, especially business, the business community, and how to prevent and how to be vigilant about this crime that is happening literally in front of us. And here there are children, underage kids, that they are being kidnapped. And um, here in town, we're talking about Alpharetta, Sandy Springs. It could be anywhere. Um, and, and one of the awards will be presented to the citizen that she basically took it upon herself to fund a shelter um, to uh, help uh, victims of human trafficking underage. And she will tell you that the, the guests, the, the um, victims that they are at her home, uh, Gigi's home, that's uh, that's her business. They are fr- they come from all over the community. They could be different colored skins. They could be different social areas. You could they could be wealthy. They could be poor. It doesn't matter. And the only thing that these victims have in common is that nobody really cares for them. And and you can find that in. And I mean, I can tell you stories, and we will go that in a minute. But um, she will talk about a little bit about what she sees. Um, uh, and these victims, and how we can prevent that. Uh, also, we will have the um, Jan Lennon, which is the head of security for the airport. Uh, she will talk about how to prevent human trafficking at the airport, which is very important. Um, we also have Jeff Shaw, which is the director for Out of uh, Darkness organization. This is an organization that they actually go at nighttime, they go and try to find victims. They go to different areas of the city, and they have found girls that they are underage, uh, you know, adults of uh, all ages, and they try to rescue some of these girls. This is a division for a church here in town, and they do amazing work. So they are members of the community that they're really working to prevent and also to eradicate human trafficking, but obviously this is not enough. We all have to work together for this. I mean, when, when you're describing that, I'm just picturing it sounds like like a Hollywood movie production or like a third world country or some you know fictional story. But this is happening in uh, urban, in uh, down, you know, uh, uh, developed areas of Atlanta that you wouldn't think, right? Possibly right out our window. Absolutely. And you mentioned the airport. That's the yin and yang of the airport, right? Yeah. World's busiest, largest. But unfortunately, that that draws, you know, uh, the dark web, if you will, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But but it could be anywhere, really. I mean, if you think about it, it could be the mall. You know, if you become vigilant, if you become alert, and how this could happen, you'll see sometimes strange situations. It could be happening in your mall when you're going to buy. Oh, I don't know. Give give us some uh, indicators. What are some red flags that uh, people may not pick up on that uh, that something's wrong with that situation? Okay. Well, I have found myself in situations that I have seen red flags. And, uh, I mean, I could tell you it was here, one of them in Bucket, uh, at a, you know, very five-star, uh, very well-known hotel, five-star hotel. And now because I have become so sort of alert yeah, to what's happening, I was able to see something strange happening, you know, the two people in, in a situation having tea there. But you could tell that it didn't make sense, match, you yeah. know, they didn't match. And how the young girl looked like no older than maybe 15 or 16. 
and uh, you knew there was something wrong with that. So there is an 800 number. We have that on our webpage. It's a hotline, um, an 800 number that you can call, and you can really talk about what you just seen. And sometimes the hotline will connect with the local police for them to to really see if this is okay or not okay. You know, we don't make a scene. Nobody comes and arrests anybody yeah, yeah. in front of anybody. But they come and, and see, you know, what is happening. And if they see something suspicious, they will act on it for sure. So the vigilance part becomes very important in our own neighborhoods as we look around and become more observant. I mean, it's just you know, it's just like carjacking in a way. It's just taking exactly. a person off the street. Exactly. And as you said, if you're not paying attention, good things will not happen. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and look, this could happen even in people's homes. I mean, I know um, this lady, the founder of Gigi's House, she told me about a story that it was kind of uh, strange to me to, to, to think that a parent will act this way. Uh, she told me the story of a victim that is in her home right now. This is a girl that comes from a midi, uh, middle-class America here in Sandy Springs. And... Uh, she had a friend that basically took her to the mall, supposedly, um, just to go shopping. And then she basically, she and her boyfriend kidnapped her, and they took her away. This girl was raped for several days, and then she will come back to um, to the school. She was threatened that if she said anything, uh, her little brother will die, basically. Oh, you wow. Know? wow. So she so was terrified. Right. So she was terrified to say anything, and then... She couldn't take it anymore. This is an eight straight student, really nice right. girl, wow. good family, supposedly. Well, she was so terrified, and, and eventually she couldn't take it anymore. She came to her father, and her father kicked her out of the house. Oh, my gosh. Yes, very terrible, right? So how do you explain that? I don't know. But yep. she ended up in Gigi's house in... And the story, I mean, I, I would love for you to eventually interview um, uh, Sabrina Crawford, that's her yeah. name, because she can tell you many more stories like that. But um, the the issue here is that it's the lack of education. Parents really don't understand that this could be happening to your own neighbor, children, or whomever it is, you know? Well, many times now our parents are too busy to do what their responsibilities are to take care of their children. So, exactly. So here in Atlanta, that is happening every day and around our city, and so it happens in other cities. How did that become something the Chamber of Com- World Chamber of Commerce got so involved with? That's a passion for yours, and you, you brought them along with you, or did you yes. have some members that thought no, this was no. a No, no. Well, actually, look, in 2008, when um, the WCC was founded, I was actually looking for a humanitarian initiative because that was part of the reason why we founded the WCC. And um, actually, somebody told me about the case of a young girl um, who she was six years old and she was kidnapped uh, when she was six years old and she was arrested uh, at nine years of age in for prostitution. And it was it was crazy for me to think that a victim of human trafficking would be treated like that uh, in our society. Right. Well, it was explained to me at that time that that was the only way to get her away for um, dangerous hands, Mm -hmm. you know, pimp or something like that. That would seem like an obvious way to do it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Right. But it just, to me, it seemed that there there will be other ways to do that. And uh, fortunately it seems to be that now people like Sabrina Crawford believe the same thing because she's offering a transition, uh, you know, from the streets to this house instead of having to go to jail or, or you know, for a nine-year-old sure. to have to be in a situation like that. So, um, 
you know, I at that time I started in 2008 when I find out about human trafficking. I had no idea what human trafficking yeah. was. Right, I have right. no idea. So, so basically, at that moment, you know, I start, you know, educating myself and finding out that there are around 30 million victims of human trafficking in the world, wow. and it's not only a, uh, uh, you know, sex trafficking; it's also organs, it's also labor. I mean, there are uh, families That's here that they have been kidnapped and they retain their passport and they are forced to work for uh, just for food. Well, it's, it's it's slavery in the modern world. The way we're able to do it, exactly yeah. indentured servitude. Yes. So as you go through this process, and that's one of the chambers initiatives. I know you've got a lot of responsibility in shepherding. I think you told me uh, your current membership of the chambers a lot of folks from a lot of different countries, and they really want to do something different where they are here and encourage people from their countries to participate. But what are some of the other initiatives and activities that you do on a weekly and monthly basis to uh, knit these people together as part of our country? Okay. Well, the main goal of the World Chamber of Commerce is really to benefit local business. So what we do is just the opposite. Uh, we bring international business to local business, and they can really figure it out how they can profit from it. It's just the same like when we have Mercedes-Benz here, how all local business can benefit from having a company such as Mercedes-Benz, Porch, you know, companies like that. that. That's the initial goal for the WCC, just to be able to benefit the economy here in Georgia and the United States. How we can become a liaison between international business and the local business. And this is something that not only will help uh, business from locally and international, but at the same time, obviously, it will boost the economy for Georgia and for the country. That's the main goal for it. All right. We just got a couple more minutes left in this segment here. I just want to remind our listeners who are listening to the Georgia podcast here on the Pro Business Channel Studio Networks, uh, right here in our billion-dollar Buckhead view. Rich Casanova here alongside Michael Moore. We're having a conversation with Solange Warner. She's the founder of the World Chamber of Commerce. So a couple more minutes, we're going to switch over to Gary, because I know Gary has a lot of um, similar conversations, and we're going to, we hope to have some roundtable at the end here. So yes. with that in mind, rapid-fire questions here for you. Okay? Yes. So, well, more of a point. So back to the human trafficking. It's, it's probably just um, 10x because of the Internet and social media, where people get involved in it, and they don't realize who they're talking to on the other end. And all of a sudden, they're meeting at the mall, and it's, you know, Absolutely. Right. That's part of it. It's just lack of knowledge. These yeah. children need to understand. And that's part of the work we would like to do in that today's uh, Sabrina Crawford's doing educating high schoolers, uh, you know, students. So they need to understand what's going on. Yeah, we'd love to have her in. So this event, right. what's your goal? What's your expectation for this event? Okay, well, the main goal for the event is to create awareness about human trafficking. If we are able to save one human trafficking victim's life, we have accomplished our goal. We would like to make sure the community understand how to become vigilant and how to help maybe a victim and also understand that this is a big issue that it will affect our economy. So if we don't take care of this, our economy really is affected by it. People don't want to come here to do business because they know this is number six of human trafficking in the country for underage kids, you know, people will not want to be part of that unless we take care of it and, and eradicate it. And we should mention, like Michael was talking about, the uh, the overarching purpose of the World Chamber of Commerce, much like your local chamber uh, has a local footprint, but you're connecting people that are doing international business around the world, but it happens to be here in Atlanta and beyond. But the event is actually called the Business and Humanitarian Summit. 
Yes. Right? So there's going to be uh, interesting business conversations beyond this main the main topic Absolutely. But, and connecting. So I'm going to drop a couple of names or you fill in some of the blanks here, but I'm yes. looking at the roll call, which you have on your website for this event. I counted somewhere in the neighborhood of about eight consulate generals, um, yes. Yes, several ambassadors. You got mayors attending. Yes, right? that's correct. That's correct. We have a, we have <laughs> wow. a long list of uh, leaders of the community that they are supporting this initiative of the WCC, and we support their initiatives as well. As well, you know, some of them they're really working and 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 really interesting in in visionary work. So we would like to support them as well. Uh, from Chile, as they say, from uh, what other countries we're we talking about? Argentina, Mexico, Switzerland, Germany. Uh, again, Belgium. So yes. we're the who's who of Georgia. You're the who's who of the world. Right? <laughs> but she's we here tried. in Georgia. Yeah. She's right here in Georgia doing her, th- doing and, her thing in Atlanta. And drop uh-huh. a couple other names. You have an MBA all-star. You have, as you mentioned, Sabrina will be there, uh, airport security uh, director. So um, so for those folks that are interesting, interested in this initiative, it's a, uh, a phenomenal event, but also in networking and connecting with other influencers, centers of influence in the uh, the Atlanta business community and beyond. So last question is that 800 number, I was looking on your site. I don't know if you have that handy. We can post that on the uh, the site later, but is that the 800-590 number? Or, um, yes. Okay. Yeah, that number will work. Sure. Okay. 800-590-9227. We'll post that on the notes as well. Okay. And right. then, then finally, what's a call to action? People are listening. Maybe they attend or they can't attend. How can they help? Okay. And also a two-part, how can they get involved in the chamber? Okay. Well, how can they help? That's a very important question. I think that the main um, answer to that will be just become aware of what's happening. Become educated of the issue that is really in your neighborhood. How we can eradicate this? What can we do to stop it? And and I believe the number one um goal that we all should have is become educated about it. Once we become educated, we become passionate like I did, and we would like to do something about it because we all are humans in in a society that we need to try to improve our societies. We can't go back to slavery, uh, and that's what this is. We have to move forward and understand that today is the day that we help our children. Uh, We have to give them a world that is free of human trafficking. And the way to do that is... um, First of all, to to help, um, I believe, um, lawmakers um, and whomever is enforcing these laws to really help uh, in that work that they're doing. Sometimes it's overwhelming for them. They they really would like to do something, but we all have to do this together. They can pass the laws, but then they need to be enforced. How could they be enforced? The community has to help them. So we all have to work together in this, and nobody's out of it. We all have to work on this. All right. Well, thank you, Solange. It is, we've certainly got uh, May 30th on our calendar. We're going to be down at the Capitol. We're going to be cheering you on as well as we're learning a lot of things that will help us to be better citizens in our own community. And uh, I guess the story, the story would be bring along a friend, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. At, least, at least one or two. All right. Now thank let's, you. Let's, thank uh, you so much. Thank you so much for being with us. We're looking forward to that. Uh, next, we've got Gary Pernice, as we mentioned. He's with the Veterans Inn and Resource Center, which has uh, currently two hotels under process, now bringing some very unique services. Gary, of course, is an international guy in a way. He's been in Atlanta for a lot of years, a lot of years. He's been a funding source guy. He's been involved with a lot of nonprofits, some Christian businessmen's organizations, as well as he's been the national counsel for the National Charity Awards up in uh, D.C. during some previous presidential terms, as I remember. So today, Gary, you've got a real interesting story to bring to us about the Veterans Inn and Resource Center projects. So 
I guess, first of all, that question is, how did you get involved? And tell us a little bit about them, and then we'll go into some details for a deep dive. Well, let me uh, tell you that I come from a family of veterans, and my dad uh, was an Army Air Corps pilot and uh, fought overseas in Europe and came back and never talked about military. We just understood he was there, and he saw things that we should not know about. Many years later, he began to unfold, and you could see the impact in the scars of a very tough guy. And recently, Dad went to past, and uh, so that was sort of in the forefront of honoring my dad. Uh, we're here in Atlanta, and uh, through the Christian Businessmen's Connection, I was constantly confronted with issues relating to uh, veterans and their needs. And one of the things, we found a hotel that was going to work very well for our first site over here off of Fulton Industrial Boulevard near Six Flags. And the first issue we hit with was human trafficking. It was almost ground zero in Atlanta. And so uh, State Senator Danzella James approached us and wanted to take this and reverse the trend. And we spent uh, nine months uh, aggressively dealing with the uh, human trafficking. Today we are now a uh, safe zone. Anyone that makes it to our property, they will not be prosecuted if they're out of country legally or so forth. So uh, they all kind of converge together. But uh, the big issue for me was constantly dealing with these veterans who were at risk or even homeless. Uh, and the, when you hear the statistics, uh, 550,000 Americans are homeless, of which 11% are veterans, 9% are women. Uh, and you find out that uh, about one veteran every 65 minutes commits suicide in this nation. And I understand the trend this year, looking at the latest statistics, it's on the increase. We needed to do something. We visited with Johnny Isaacson about three years ago, and he set us on a course. The housing and stability of these people was number one, and that's what we set out to do. Well, I know you've got to start from scratch, and you said you identified a first building, uh, ground zero for traffic, and certainly we're familiar with the things going on in parts of Atlanta, but uh, you focused on that area, and you've been able to get a lot of public and private support over there, right, so far? Correct, correct, very much so. Talk about some of those relationships you've began to build in that community and what this is mean, means to the different lives there. Well, <clears throat> let me kind of give a broader picture first so you understand. This hotel sort of came to us. It fell in our laps. It wasn't what we looked for. It found us. And uh, as we find additional locations, we were being a little bit more select. But once we were there, we realized that there was a strong criminal element in the area, and this was a very old building with a lot of needs. And so the first three or four months, we were in a whole different world than we ever <laughs> thought to be. We, we literally had to bring law enforcement in. We had zero tolerance for crime. Uh, we found out human trafficking was right there in this building, let alone in our neighborhood. And so the first thing we did was we brought law enforcement and the fire marshals in, and we started doing whatever had to be done. Secondly, we uh, began receiving uh, veterans at a higher level than we had anticipated, and so securing them uh, in a place where they were not only safe, but we had to stabilize them. They, these people are, are many times at risk. They're, they're uh, substance abuse. They're suicidal. They're emotional, mental issues, um, all kinds of ravages of uh, their situation. And so the, the second thing we had to do, once they had a roof over their heads, immediately bring professionals in to start helping them with either the substance abuses or the medical or mental dis abuses and problems that they were encountering. And then finally, one of the big problems uh, for veterans are one of the biggest problems really is that they don't have access to their benefits. They don't even know what their benefits are. And when they find access, they're, like I say, homeless or at risk of homelessness. So they're not in the computers. They're not, you know, 
driving around the community looking for solutions and um, getting them situated to access benefits and what they're entitled to. Many times they don't even know what they're entitled to. So those are the big issues we confront right now. Well, I know, Gary, you know that we all work, we all try to work with people who don't have the education slash knowledge to do what they need to do with things that are already available to them. So in your case, your veterans, I bring to your attention the fact that our VA doesn't even educate the people as they come out of active duty. They just don't make the information available. So share with us a couple of those stories, I mean, about the kinds of solutions you've provided. Go well, ahead. Be detailed. I, I will. But the, initially, what you just said is correct. Uh, I know most of the politicians in Georgia. That's one of my values to this project. I'm the community liaison for the government and public and so forth. And uh, But one of the few people I did not know was the current commissioner of Veteran Services, Mike Roby. So with some nice introductions, I had a very good meeting with him, and I explained to him what we were already encountering, and I'll tell you some of the stories in a moment. But um, he was aware of the problem. He didn't have a solution because, A, these people are homeless. By the time you find them a week later, they're not there anymore. Oop, they don't have cell phones. They do. They don't keep them long enough to worry about. They don't have email addresses. They don't have street mailbox addresses. It's an absolute nightmare from the government's ability to keep up with them. So that's one of the things we're trying to do is provide a stable address where people can be found long enough to start solving their problems. Now, with stories, oh, my gosh. Uh, we don't have enough time, so let me just highlight a few. Pick, pick two. Pick, pick the first one. What was the, well, what was the first incident you had when you, when you helped someone in your um, new facility? I don't know about the first one. Okay. The first one that comes to mind. Okay. Um, you know, I come from a Christian Businessmen's Connection, CBMC, started in the 1930s, and was state director. And we did a lot of praying for business and business people and so forth. And so I thought that that part of my life was behind me. Now I was going to work with these veterans. And... Uh, these veterans come in in such pitiful situations. Uh, this man had nine children. He was caring oh. for them all. They were one day away from being kicked out of the last place that would have them. There was homeless shelters that could not and would not take them. And uh, the man broke down in my office. Uh, a, a serious Marine veteran broke down and cried like a baby. Uh, I found myself almost helpless. And so I did what I instinctively do, and I said, would you mind if I pray for you? And he just looked at me like I had just offered him the universe. So praying for a person in my office, and as people were walking by, this is an area where there's drug dealers and prostitutes and human trafficking, uh, seeing people pray, business people in suits and ties praying in an office is a very bizarre situation. <laughs> well, that led to all kinds of things, and we realized there needed to be a spiritual center there. We've gotten people now to come in and routinely deal with the spiritual issues as well. So that gentleman, uh, we had to ultimately move him from our facility, but we kept him there for several weeks and nine children, and the kids were relatively well-behaved, but you know they have problems. Mm -hmm. And we finally got him stabilized in a, in, a, in a kind of a group home situation. The family stayed together. That's one of the the most overwhelming situations because you don't know what to do with all those people. Sure, let me let me focus you on one you've you've said several times you've had to bring in law enforcement. Now, there's obviously just don't talk about why law enforcement wasn't already there, but talk about one of those good endings to one of those type situations. Well, first of all, when we got there, uh, we found out that some of the employees were the reason the crime was prevalent. <laughs> um, we suspected it. First of all, I got to tell you, I come from a very protected area of the world. I had never smoked a cigarette. I've never seen a narcotic. I've never done drugs, never been, you know, all those kinds of things. Just it's foreign to me. 
So when a young lady walks up to me and starts kind of flirting, I mean, I'm not even aware of what's going on here. But, uh, like Mr. Rogers here yeah, but, uh, in I, the wrong I be- neighborhood. I became educated fairly quickly. Uh, I didn't really have any personal encounters that were too troublesome, but I became aware. But we realized that there were drug deals and prostitution deals going on in front of us in the property. And so we brought in uh, the local police department, Fulton County Police Department, and we laid out what we were trying to do. And they kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, You're, you've already lost the war. You just don't know it. And uh, my grandfather was the chief of police of Hastings-on-Hudson. He was a police officer 37 years till he retired. And that was an unacceptable answer for me. And I told them, you were either going to be part of my solution or part of my problem. And if you're part of my problem, you're going to find out that I have a lot more clout than you do. And uh, they kind of smiled and amused themselves. And they were pleasantly pleased, but they didn't figure I'd be around long enough to worry about it. Well, we, every, we made it known in the facility uh, 911 was going to be on our speed dial, zero tolerance. And the 911 calls skyrocketed from October when we took over through December. And then in January, plummeted. In uh, January, we finally got ourselves in a position where we could take that one employee we suspected was kind of protecting these things and getting money under the table, and we witnessed things that were just, like you say, out of sorts, Mm -hmm. and we were able to laterally move them out of the property without having a confrontation. Two days later, the two major drug dealers, which we were confident they were but can't prove it, suddenly left after being there a long time. After that, their, their umbrella now had a yeah, hole in yeah, it. Oh, their, their umbrella was blown away, and they were holding a stick in a leaky and, bucket. Yeah, and uh, by the end of January, the nine one one calls dropped to maybe one every two weeks, and right. they were more for people falling so, in here. So successes are important out there, and you've huge been huge successes. Some. The entire culture has now changed. We have the police come out and circle our property twenty times a day. Not an exaggeration. Uh, nobody who isn't supposed to be there, comes near this place. Well, let's talk about the next uh, 60 to 90 days as you see things change. What, what kind of things can the can the rest of the world be watching for your successes and, and maybe supporting you in some of those successes? Right. Well, the big issues right now are we have two properties under contract, and we have the options to close on both of them. The one in Fulton County is uh, got a lot of challenges, and we're deciding whether we want to just maybe just stay there for a while, leasing the property as opposed to purchasing it with the headaches. And the other one down in LaGrange is a beautiful property we're going to go ahead and buy and then extend on to it. We have five other properties that are uh, basically with options to purchase in the greater Atlanta area. So in the next two years, we have seven properties. So the needs that come out of that, uh, number one is we have a monstrous – Uh, cost in renovations and you came out and saw the property and we've done through cash flow basic renovation needs just to make the property acceptable but uh, we are uh, we probably have an eight hundred thousand dollar hole in the budget to properly get everything the way we think it needs to be and senator isaacson will support us financially uh, with government uh, uh, appropriated funds but first we've got to reach a certain so what standard we're not there yet the number one is we need donations to need do donation that. but also you need the community to be aware now just give us some ideas um this this uh, this hotel this is not your little two-story holiday Inn on the roadside this is how many rooms uh this is a seven-story 146 room property 3.6 acres uh right off by six flags over georgia on i-20 and 285 and the property down in LaGrange is a two-story, 209-room facility with a conference center, a sports restaurant, 
and um, a swimming pool. Both of so these have pools. You have the ability to support yeah. and care for a lot of folks. But as you go through the Ford, the Fulton Industrial, talk about some of the other needs you've identified in the community for veterans because we have a large underserved veteran population yep. in West Atlanta. Well, uh, I'm going to look at it slightly differently uh, than saying what the needs are. What we are doing is trying to now uh, as- associate ourselves with all kinds of programs that can benefit the reconnection of the veteran to our society, whether it be medical, dental, and psychological, which is one thing. But more importantly, we need purposeful programs. We have people now that put on golf training camps for veterans. I have others that help uh, veterans who are crippled and maimed and everything to become physically able to participate in sports, whether it's a wheelchair, a tricycle, a bicycle, whatever. We, uh, we've got another organization that helps with bringing the veterans out to growing crops and vegetables and so forth. We have another group uh, headed by a colonel and one of the most aggressive women I've ever met. This guy, he's a colonel, and he's got to be afraid of this woman. She <laughs> she puts her mind together. And so she has 29, 29 horses and a bunch of dogs and a whole bunch of property, and we bring the veterans out there, and they participate and engage with the equestrians and the horses and the dogs and training and participating. Those things have more psychological positives yeah. than all of the counselors Absolutely. on the planet. That's right. So we're looking for other people who have programs willing to offer and work with us. Transportation is sometimes a problem. We are in the process of raising the funds to buy a, a an appropriate uh, transport bus or something of that nature to get folks around. Okay. Well, Gary, it's been a pleasure to catch up with some. Richie, I know you got a couple of questions for Rich. You've been you've been making notes here. Yeah, I got a few here. So uh, again, you're listening to the Georgia Podcast. Rich Casson over here alongside Michael Moore on the Pro Business Channel Networks. So uh, we're speaking with Gary Pernice with the uh, Veterans Inn and Resource Center. And again, call to action there would be visit veteransinhotels.org. Find out more information, how you can get involved. A few rapid fire questions here for you, Gary, because we've got a couple minutes. We want we want to reserve maybe 90 seconds at least or a couple minutes for a roundtable here. So, Solange, get your questions ready. Okay, you ready? Okay, so so meanwhile, Gary, so uh, you mentioned serving at-risk veterans. Mm-hmm. Yes. What are some three to five examples of how would you describe a couple of indicators that that veteran is at risk and maybe one that people might not think of? Okay. Uh, when we're talking about the statistics I gave you of at-risk, we're talking about uh, that 9% of homeless veterans, uh, 9% of the homeless are veterans, um, and that's a big – they're already beyond at risk. They're homeless. And then we have uh, the vast majority of at risk are people who are underemployed and in very poor housing conditions. They rarely own a property. They're usually in some kind of a tenement housing or, or a, a group homes or even homeless shelters, but with a family and literally living there. So when we talk about the at risk, those are the physically visible. Their housing situation is – tenuous at best. They survive day-to-day, sometimes week-to-week. Secondly, at risk is the employment situation. They're vastly underemployed and struggling financially. That's why we try to get the benefits to them. So you mentioned, uh, so at the hotel, again, fire, what's the length of stay and the cost involved? Okay. The uh, average veteran can stay anywhere from one day to uh, extended stay right now, we're only into our ninth month, and we've had some veterans stay for up to six months. Wow. That's a little bit of an issue with the county, yeah. but they've been helping work with us on that. Okay. And the cost for the veteran? or okay. um, uh, The the cost is a deep discount. It's $50 a night okay. uh, or $350 a week for the hotel and property in Fulton County, and it's forty nine ninety nine a night in, um, in LaGrange. 
and that's not covering your operating. So where, where's what you, you you and Mike will talk about funding. So where does what what are some other funding options, or what are you exploring in that well, in that well, arena? Prior to this project, I was a wealthier man. If that helps. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've sunk a lot of money uh, between Mr. Matthews and myself. I think we have about eight hundred thousand dollars personally invested in this, so it's wow. got to work. But uh, the big thing that we are working with is uh, approaching businesses and uh, charitable organizations that contribute for veterans, and a lot of them are paying for veterans as they come in and we let the need be known. We also have some sheriff's departments that are now paying for veterans who are on the street. They scooped up and they, they don't want them in the jail population and they find it cheaper to pay us to monitor and keep those folks than it is to put them in the jail. And finally, you mentioned businesses. So is, is a, there's an investment opportunity here that you're, um, you're working under that premise as well? Or Okay, there's, there's two approaches for businesses. Obviously, yeah. we love the corporate sponsorships and donations, but also we have five more properties to acquire. And uh, the, uh, the funding is in place, but we always need 20% um, private money to make our loans uh, work properly. And then we also have some operating expenses. So we are doing some uh, bridge funding right now. It's very expensive. We'd like to find a solution to that, but you do what you need to do. And then we have the 20% equity partners who some of them are coming in strictly as equity partners and some are coming in as equity slash lenders. Okay. Well, thanks again, Gary. So we'll open it up a quick roundtable here. So uh, if you have any uh, questions right off the bat, but if not, we'll start it off with uh, for each of you, what does a good day look like for you? What's a win in each of your uh, days? Solange? If we are talking about the initiative that we're working on uh, with this next event on May 30th, um, the humanitarian initiative about creating awareness for human trafficking, a good day is when we have been able to reach out to areas of the community that they are um, able to make a difference. Like we are working right now in a co-production for a documentary about human trafficking awareness. And we have been able to interview, you mentioned uh, Senator Doncella James. Um, she is, you know, she had been interviewed in our documentary to talk about what can the lawmakers do in regards to human trafficking. So that's, we call that a good day when we are actually taking action. And with this uh, documentary, we are creating the awareness that we would like to create. And that was actually a press release just yesterday that went out, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. With Alex? Can yes. You- we we just sent a press release um, in regards to uh, some of the awards that we will present at the event on uh, May 30th. It's uh, an award for the World Chamber of Commerce Global Hero Award to Alex Kendricks. He's the producer, director, and actor for War Room, a movie that made uh, over $67 million. Wow. And uh, we support them, he and his brother, Stephen, they do amazing work um, where their movies are about hope, redemption, and this is something that is very inspirational for for areas of the community now that they are really in need for creating some sort of hope and guide about so many things that, that they could happen in, like human trafficking and so on. So we support them, and he's receiving an award. So the press release was to talk about um, the award for him and, and others, we have Senator James. She's receiving an award as well. Um, Senator Frank Jean, he's receiving another award. Um, uh, representative of the House, Pedro Marin, receiving another award for um, a Global Hero Award. 
Um, we also have um, Alsi Aru. He is the president of Aru Brothers Studios, a studio, former Tyler Perry Studios. And then we have Sabrina Crawford, that uh, she's the founder for Gigi's House. And I should say she's working now in expanding her home to from 10 uh, beds for human trafficking victims to 50 beds. That's the work that she's trying to do right now. So I am very supportive, by the way, the work that Gary's doing. And we have invited him in his initiative uh, where we can create awareness for him as well because it is a, a very important subject for the WCC to create awareness about the strategy that is happening to uh, the veterans here in the United States. And I tell you, I know you wanted to, you want me to um, ask a question of Gary yeah, yeah. and I will be happy to ask you a question. And that obviously I am not a super knowledgeable person on the subject. So you'll have to maybe guide me in this, but um, I come from a country that anybody who's been in the military, uh, Chile, you are set for life. You will never have to worry about, uh, you know, um, housing or income because you get a salary for the rest of your life, basically. You know, that's how it works in certain countries like my country, right? So I would like to know how could it be possible that veterans that they have served our country, they could be in a situation. I mean, I know of veterans that they are homeless. They live in the woods. And I know um, through my television show, the director of that show, Sue Ann Taylor, she's making a movie about homeless uh, uh, veterans. And I know that they're building a house, for what I understand, for these veterans. So my question to you is, how could it be possible? Where is the disconnect, okay, from the government to this veterans victims and at this time well uh, you have asked the hundred million dollar question uh, I come from a military family I love this country and I will die for this country and many of the people in America feel the same way but there is a disconnect after Vietnam War where the media and the government was uh, at war with these young men and women who were sent to war against their desires they were drafted and they came back and spit on and so forth there was a horrific emotional damage done to an entire generation of military then once uh, we began to come to grips with that and certainly after desert shield desert storm and the gulf situation our cultural change dramatically improved in the united states but now you already had hundreds of thousands of veterans out there who had emotional trauma put on top of emotional trauma. Then we have a government bureaucracy that was out of control. The VA, as you saw, the scandal after scandal after scandal, I think we're now starting to address it, uh, is a big part of it. But in our blessings of financial success and Internet connectivity, these folks that were already in the margins go into the dark crevices, and many of them with their mental and emotional problems don't want to be found. And um, they're... There's a sense of hopelessness and despair. So when they go into the dark shadows, um, the, the process just expedites itself. So many of these folks actually could and would be taken care of by our federal government and our state governments and the benefits that they've earned. But as I said earlier, they don't even know that they're entitled to them. In this country, unfortunately, we have a lot of bureaucracy and you've got to apply for this and you've got to apply for that. And so uh, the problem is just complicated on top of itself. But we are seeing a lot of wonderful organizations and members of our government finally taking major strides, and we hope to be part of that solution. But it's, it's, uh, 
it's uh, hundreds of thousands of people problem that we've got to work our way through. So two observations I'm seeing there. The movie that you're talking that she's producing, uh, I see them uh, being at the Veterans Inn and, and maybe interviewing some, having a conversation over there, right? On site? Um, I am not sure if she's already finished with the movie. Okay, yeah. uh, in fact, she's coming to my event next week, okay, so we can well, ask her. Okay, and Gary and everybody can talk, yeah. Well, that sounds and I, good. And, and uh, uh, Solange was kind enough to invite me to the... To the uh, program on uh, may 30th about a month and a half ago we're looking forward to it and as i saw the list of of people like you suggest, right, yeah. they are from all over the world and they are people of great stature yeah. and i'm going to feel like a little little <laughs> insect buzzing around tadpole yeah but, the uh, pond yeah i'm gonna I, i'm i'm genuinely impressed with what she's done there and what they are doing they're changing the world one one person at a time i concur so Thank mike you, you want to close us out here well, I'll tell you what, it's been a great educational process today, and I'm sure as we provide our listeners uh, more knowledge that they can do some things with, and we encourage them to do some things with. So please visit the website for the World Ch- Chamber, but hope more, moreover you'll be with us on May 30th down at the Capitol to learn about traffic and from a firsthand basis from, as Gary said, from the experts and some of the real pillars from the world that know about this. And certainly I would hope that you would uh, – Make a visit out to Veterans Inn and Resource Center out at Fort Industrial and kind of see the work Gary and his crew are doing out there and become more intimately involved because, as we all know, the story needs to be told one more time, and the ears that hear it may be the ones that help add to the solution for the problem. So from Pro Business Channel here at the Georgia Podcast, it's been a pleasure to have two fabulous guests today. It's Rich Casanova and Michael Moore, and we'll see you next time. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel, we thank you for listening to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Join Rich Casanova for the next Georgia podcast and download on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.